What's up, everybody, and welcome to What's in Your Glass. I'm your host, Carmelo Anthony. Before we get going, let's first welcome today's guest. You know him as a six-time NBA All-Star, five-time All-NBA player, who also is a, is a recent two-time Israeli Basketball League champion. Let's not forget that. Let's actually, let's highlight that, <laughs> including the Finals MVP in 2020. Please welcome to the show my former teammate and the current assistant for uh, player development with the Brooklyn Nets, Amari Stoudemire Stats. Yes, sir. What's going on? Let's, 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 let's do a virtual cheers first. Yeah, man. Cheers. cheers, cheers. Salute. Okay. Salute to you. Salute. So, on, on, on today's show, like, we always start off about <clears throat> what we're drinking, when we do drink on here. Uh, let's talk about what you're drinking today. Let's talk about that. What's in your glass? So right, so right now we're drinking the um, the Origin bottle. Uh, this is from this is this is the California region. Uh, it's, it's, it was uh, made by the vineyards of Herzog in um, Pasos Robles, California. Um, so we're drinking we're drinking the the, uh, the, the, the Cabernet from the, uh, from the from California. Yeah, I, I think that's the same one I'm drinking, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I'm on the cab. I'm on the cab. So the California bottles is more recent. We just kind of established those bottles over the past two years. Uh, before we had three bottles that were made in Israel, uh, in the northern part of Israel, which were more kind of a more expensive, on the expensive side. So I wanted to create something more that the people can afford. Uh, and so I, I teamed up with the company Herzog out of California. We created this new collection of like lower price scale bottles. That's what we're drinking now. Copy. We so now. I mean, you since you since you broke the ice on the on the wine, we got to talk about this wine first, and we we gonna get more in depth with it, uh, and just wine in general. Can you let's let's can you talk to me about just a little bit about like your personal wine journey, and and, and kind of what's that been like? Well, for me, I think uh, over time I had to develop a palate. You know, at first wine wasn't like the best drink for me to have. I always drink. You know, it was back when I was young. I was drink you know Hennessy or or something like that. Uh, over time, I started to develop wine as I started hanging out with kind of older elders. Uh, we'd go out and order a bottle of wine and we'd start sipping that. And I started somewhere trying to develop a palate. And then obviously hanging out with my teammates like yourself and other teammates used to hang out uh, and go to dinner. We started drinking wine and becoming more acquainted with it. So over time, it just was a gradual, a gradual growth into, into uh, being able to, you know, have a comfortability of consuming the wines and growing that, growing that palate. Just for everybody who, who may not know, uh, and those who do know, you 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 have your own label, Stoudemire Wines. What what can you tell? What can you tell us about the label? Well, so so the label we have now with the Origin bottle. Uh, so this label was was created by by artist Naturel. Uh He's one he's one of the a world renowned artists. Uh, I'm sure you I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with him. Um, and so he created this label for me. I like the fact that he had this kind of 3D uh, looking sketch. Uh, with his work, and so he was he, uh, he was gracious enough to kind of help me collaborate with this label, and so I felt like this is a, a nice collaboration with a, with a great artist like him, and so I wanted this lion uh, to represent like the the lion of Judea, um, and so that's kind of why I went with the lion logo. I, I know Naturel, so I, I know what type of I know what type of work he he doing, what he, you know what, what what he do when he really put his mind to something to really get it cracking. So as you can see with 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 this bottle, I, and I know you personally, so I know that this. This line, this line hit it, it hits different. So, yeah. like I said, I, I I know I know you personally. So I, I know I know what that means. What what uh what 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 kinds of wines uh, do 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 you create? So we got so with the with the three bottles we established over in Israel, 
their their blends. So one was a uh, a grand uh, one. The Grand Reserve is is obviously a, a Cabernet Sauvignon uh, blended with a uh, Petit Verdot. We have a complete Cabernet, um, and then we have a 50-50 blend as well. And so in the most recent bottles we have now, we have like you know the we got the uh, obviously we got the Cabernet we're drinking now. We have the another blend that was out of um, California, and then we also have another grape from uh, we have the uh, um, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, which is the white. So we kind of we got we got a mix of different uh, different blends and different uh, uh, grapes within the wine collection. So what's what's your what's your favorite wine currently, like in, in out of the stable? My favorite wine is probably the Grand Reserve, which is the one here. So you hear this kind of Grand Reserve. Um, this is probably my favorite one. Uh, it's fifty percent. It's fifty fifty percent uh, Cabernet Sauvignon and five percent uh, uh, Petit Verdot. Fifty percent, so it's a fifty fifty blend. Uh, but this is my favorite one. I think only because it's a lot that went into it. The grapes were. It was a good year. Two thousand sixteen was a good year uh, in Israel for for growing grapes. Um, so globally, think, globally, two thousand sixteen was a good year. Mm, right on. Yeah. Yeah. Globally. Yeah. So so that was um that one right there is probably my favorite one. So what? Do, let me ask you this: What do, what like what do you think it is about? You know, now you've been in the NBA for so many years. Now you're on the other side of the NBA. You're coaching. Like, what do you think it is about the NBA community that just, like, lends itself to, to wine becoming, like, a big part of a, of, of a social aspect? Well, I, th- I, think, I think for us, we, 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 we love luxury. You know what I'm saying? We, we enjoy the finer things in life. And so anytime we can attach ourselves with that, uh, it's always great. And, 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 we, we're, and for me, it's, it's more so just a, a conversational piece. Uh, being able to have dinner with someone and just sit back and relax and, and have a nice glass of wine, it doesn't get you too over the top. It gives you a nice little easy chill buzz um, and you're able to somewhat keep your composure and have, have a, a complete conversation with someone. Um, and so I think that's, that's the idea why a lot of guys, I think, in the league are starting to drink more wine because it's more of a conversational piece and it's also attached to a luxury brand. I agree. I mean, I've I seen, seen it just grow and grow over the years. You know, like you said, we we go to dinners. We went to dinner a lot of times. We, we, we grabbing wine. And that was that was seven, eight years ago. You know, now where we at now, it's like you can't go nowhere without having a glass of wine or a bottle or a bottle of wine. Like you, you're almost frowned upon. You know what I'm saying? Right. When, when, when it comes to that. So I'm, I'm just happy to see the culture shift and see people really starting to open up and accept it uh, from, from everybody, not just, you know, wine drinkers, everyday wine drinkers, but athletes, too. You know right. what I'm saying? Because we... We 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 love that wine and we love that culture. Absolutely. So you let's let's jump ahead on, about coaching. Uh, you 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 currently you know an assistant coach with with with, with Brooklyn Nets, and and you coach uh, you know some some you know some some as well during your time in Israel. Like how has it been for you coaching versus versus playing? Like that transition. What is that like? Yeah, it was a little different for me uh, because my last year I played I played overseas. And because because COVID happened, I was I was somewhat stuck there for extra three months. So being overseas for the extra time wasn't good for me because I was away from my family for too long. Uh, but they wanted me to go back over and play, and I was like, and you know, they only gave us like a month of recovery to get, and then we had to go back over because the season went long, and they wanted to start the season on time. Um, and I wasn't ready to go back over so soon. Um, and so when Steve Nash got the job with the Nets. Uh, I was like, this might be an opportunity to try to, you know, to get in the coaching side and see what, what's that like, get that experience, see what's going on with that. And so I reached out to him. And uh, next thing you know, I flew up to New York and we sat down and had a meeting. I uh, met with Sean Marks, general manager. 
and uh, they brought me on as a, as a development coach, and that's how I started. What's one of the lessons uh, that that you learned so far, for for like for you that that's helped you, you know, just be a better coach? I mean, as a player, we all know that, but as a coach, it's, it's almost like you're starting all over. You you're very yeah. knowledgeable of, of of the game. You played the game. You you're experienced with that. But what's like one of the lessons that that you that you've learned and that you're learning right now? I think I think um, a lesson I had to learn was. You know, as a player, um, we have certain tendencies, right? We have we have certain we have an ideal on what what it means to be a player. And going into the coaching side, uh, it's a different perspective because now you have to somewhat structure all the practices. You have to structure different playing times. You have you have to deliver uh, messages to some of the players that may not be what they want to hear. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the hard part for me because you know I, I have a connection with all the players I played you know a year and a half ago, so. Being the being the you know the guy who has to deliver a certain message to players about they may not play as much tonight or somebody else may play more was difficult for me. But over time, what I've noticed is that being able to somewhat you know apply our knowledge to these young players on what we experience and how to not only become better players but also how to kind of steer their life in the right direction as they consume this money as they start to grow as as you know into a star uh, in the NBA. You got to always try to help them direct them in the right direction. You know. So how do you like how, like how do you lean on like your your time as a player, you know, to just inform your coaching style or to like you know mold your coaching style, or are you still trying to figure out like what's your coaching style? Well, I think I think I think I think for, for me and, and, and like yourself, I mean, we all we all been leaders on, on teams. We had to carry teams ourselves and have to be able to uh, put the team on our back at certain times. You know what I'm saying? So you know, having that experience as a player rubs off on the guys that are trying to get to that level. You know what I'm saying? So when we talk to them about, you know, this is what it takes or this is your habit, you should, you should start developing or you should start getting up this early and, and doing these things in the weight room. When you talk to them about this, it, it, it hits home a little bit more than some guy, some a player who has, or coach who haven't played before. Um, so that advantage goes a long way. The players respect it. They listen and they, and they apply it to their, to, their, to their life. So it's just a good thing. Is that is that is that also the the the, the, re, the fact that the players listen to you for somebody like you because that it may not always be that simple for for I'm 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 still in it on on the other side of it so it may not be that simple for a player to listen to another player who actually who actually played you know what I'm saying right. you know you know how the locker room go you know how people talk you know what it is but has that been an easy transition for you have Steve Nash made that easy for you. But also being who you are and then what you've accomplished in the NBA, does that respect level go up a notch because of who you are? Yeah, I think so because you know a lot of times you know you know how they say man real recognize real. You feel me? So a lot of players recognize when you're being real with them and you're not you, you're not on no fugazi. You're not trying to finesse no one. You're actually being honest and being upfront and being true with them. They feel that you know what I'm saying like so. Therefore, when when you're that way, when you hold yourself that way then they respect it and they can take heed to it. I feel like any other way would be kind of disrespectful for those guys because they know they know what's up. They're they in the game. Um, so I think that's a, a coaching strategy that I use with the players. Let's, let's, let's jump ahead to the, the, the HBO Real Sports segment. Yeah. That just aired, the HBO Real Sports segment just aired and, and explored kind of your journey with your Jewish faith. Um, like, I know you. I, I've known you for a long time, and I, I've seen when I, you know. I saw. I sat there and watched you and observed you actually put the work in, and, and you know, in the back of the bus on the planes, reading you know, reading the literature, you know, getting knowledge of self for your for your own self at, at, at the end of the day. 
Mike, what can you share about your journey up, up until this point with that? Well, I think, I think for me, it was a matter of just, just, um, just learning. You know what I'm saying? So I grew, I grew up an Israelite. Um, and so all my learnings in my Israelite faith led me to want to learn more about Judaism because I felt like within, within Judaism, they, um, the, the learning of the Torah, which is the foundation of Israelite learnings, uh, it was impressive to me, like the different, uh, the different intellect of what they're learning is, was, was something that was intriguing. And I want to learn that. I want to know what that was all about and really get involved and see if everything, if what they're saying is accurate. Because throughout my learnings, I've learned what's accurate and what isn't accurate and what's a finesse and what isn't a finesse. And so for me, I wanted to somewhat dive into Judaism and get involved in it to see what's accurate and be able to learn things that I may not have learned, but also be able to teach certain people that's in that space that they may not know. Um, and so it allowed me to kind of get involved in that space. What are some of the challenges that, that, that come with, you know, kind of going from one way of thinking or just an exploratory, um, exploring for yourself, for your own sake? Like I said, you was, you was trying to get knowledge yourself in some way, shape or form. So what, what, what has been some of the challenges that, that came along? I think, I, think the, I think the main challenge was uh, being able to, to, to dissect what's actual uh, scripture and what's tradition. You know what I'm saying? There's a, lot, there's a lot of tradition also in Judaism that's not technically in the Torah, but then, but there's, the traditions help you somewhat stay minded of what's in the Torah, right? So it's, it's kind of a tricky conversation to have because, for example, wearing a kippah, the key, wearing a kippah is not directly from the Bible. It's not from the Torah. But the tradition of wearing it is to think that, oh, well, God is above me, so let me have the respect that God's above me and stay mind, mindful. So knowing the traditions and what's actually inside the actual scripture was the challenging part to dissect and, and, and kind of cipher through. So if I mean, I, this is just a ra- random question, if somebody who is, is, you know, is exploring, I'll say exploring with, with, with their faith uh, or with a faith, what what um, what advice for someone who, who's exploring uh, with their faith that you that you would give them? I think, I think the advice I would give is, is, is continue to learn without any discrepancy, right? Because if I, if I was someone who had like a closed mind, I would have never been able to learn yeshivas in Israel because I'd have been like, oh, they're wearing black and white. I don't know what's going on with that. I ain't dealing with none of that. You know what I'm saying? And then I would have never been able to really tap into the knowledge that I was able to acquire or learn the language of Hebrew or learn how to read a little bit of Aramaic, or just try to get involved in that space if I, if I was closed-minded. Um, but at the same time, stand, you have your foundation of knowledge that you've learned on who you are, so that doesn't, you don't deviate from that, you just, you're just learning more, you've been able to learn and acquire more information. And I think that's the key, is keeping your foundation of who you are, but being open enough to, to want to learn more to apply that for yourself. I want to talk about some 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 of your other interests that I that I know you have. Uh, let's let's start with Stoudemire Farm, something that you've been did you've been working on, and, you know, and involved with since we was playing together with with with, with the Knicks. But not a lot of people know about this. Like, but but you have uh, a, a two hundred acre farm in, in Dutchess County, New York. Right. How did how did you become interested in 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 that world? To be honest with you, I was more so thinking like 
from a biblical connotation, like it's like you never know how how things turn out, right? In America, there's always this is virus going on. There's genetic modified foods. You're not sure what you're consuming. You don't know if they're telling you the truth or if they're lying to you. You're not sure what's going on with your water source. Is it being treated properly? So it's a lot of finesse. And I was like, you know what? Let me just figure out a way to find me a farm that has natural fresh water where I can somewhat start to produce product for my family. It wasn't even it wasn't even for a working farm at that moment, just to just provide a nice getaway uh, and outdoor space for the family. And also they can eat natural food and, and drink fresh water. Um, so that was the initial idea. Over time, it became a working farm. So cattle, we, we, we were a cattle farm, we raised the cattle. Now we have a, now we, now we work at, we sell at the Greens Market in Union Square every Friday. Um, and now we're doing a Tuesday market. So, so now the farm is growing into a working business, but the initial idea was to be able to provide natural food for the family. So what is what, so now, you know, now the, the original idea uh, that we, we established what that was, what is, what is, like, what is the ultimate goal for the, for the farm? It's funny, man, because the farm has so many, uh, it's like a lot of potential. Um, because even now, what I noticed in COVID, it was a shortage of foods in places, certain places. Um, so, so being able to have, you know, a farm that can provide food and, and, and health to people is, is important. That's, that seems to be the new wave nowadays. Um, so the plan, the plan is just continue to grow the farm, man. Who knows what the future holds, but I just take it one step at a time and slowly, slowly build out and we see what happens. Another passion of, of yours um, is, is, is the fashion space. I, I saw you recently posted about like kind of wanting to tap back into that area. Is, is, is there something that you have going on right now that, that you can discuss or that's just something that you just was like, I want to I want to tap back into it. Because you've been doing it. You've been in it for a minute. You know what I'm saying? So is yeah. it something that you want to tap back into just personally or it's like you really you, you, you working on something? Well, well, Spiritual Gangsta is a brand that I, that I, you know, started back in the early 2000s. Um, and so, you know, we, we still we still doing well um, in, in, in the fashion space from that standpoint. Nothing, nothing really new right now. There's a couple of collaborations that may be, you know, trying to filter up. But uh, for the most part, just being able to just keep building out my wardrobe. You know what I'm saying? So when I go out to dinner or when I go hang out with my friends or whatever I'm going to do, that I, I got what I need to, you know what I'm saying, to put on. I think that's the main idea for that, just being able to have my wardrobe built out. And lastly, uh, I, I, I know philanthropy is a big part of who you are. Uh, you, you, you got your own foundation that, that you started. Uh, and I think back in 2013, uh, the, the E1T1, Each One Teach One uh, Foundation. What, like, what's, the, what's the main focus for with, with all the charity work that you're doing for the foundation? Yeah, so, so when, I, when I got out of high school, man, I realized something. I realized... Like a lot of a lot of times, like when I felt like I was engulfed in poverty, I wasn't educated enough to to find a way to get myself out of it. And so when I when I started the March, started my foundation in 2004, I was like, we got to build something to cure poverty through education. So I started to somewhat think about what that means. And then shortly after, the each one teach one brand came along. First, it was like Team Stat, and then it grew to be each one teach one. Um, but it was a, it was a situation where I could now build out a basketball program and then apply certain elements of teachings to them, whether it's teaching about etiquette, whether it's financial literacy, whether it's just speaking to, 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 to probably about, you know what I'm saying, your community or, or gangs or whatever they may be experiencing, just having, a, just having a platform and an avenue to reach them. I think that was, that was the initial idea. Each one teach one grown now to be a great basketball program, but it started out as just really being able to just teach the youngsters how to, how to care themselves. 
Last thing, but I know I said lastly, but last thing before we wrap it up, what's what's next for you? You know, is is it is is, is coaching going going to be the path? Is it is it any upcoming projects that that, that you can share? And as far as what you're working on, um, what's what's next for Stat? It's funny, man. I, you know, I really don't know, bro. I, I kind of just move. I move based upon the energy that I feel. You know what I'm saying? And then things just happen without me putting a lot of thought into it. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, you know, opportunity comes my way like the coaching job. I, I, I never thought about coaching before in my entire life. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I never thought about coaching. I was always a hooper. I ain't never wanted to, to coach, but that happened to fall on my plate. And so now I'm in it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, from an acting standpoint, I was on the show Love Life, uh, uh, episode two of the second season. So that may be something that may start stirring back up from an acting standpoint. Um, a lot of TV stuff could be coming my way. I just, I'm just not sure what that means right now. So you open, anyway, you you just taking it, like you said, you 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 going with where the energy goes. Yeah. Wherever the energy, wherever the good energy coming, that's where you that's going. That's it. So I, I mean, we 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 know how how you operate when it comes to the energy and you know taking the day to day and you know whatever whatever happens happens. Control what you can control. And right. We 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 go from there. But bringing it bringing it all back to what's in your glass. Uh, I I just have a few. Kind of quick fire questions uh, for you to close us out. Yeah. Like we 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 always want to know like what's in your glass on 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 certain occasions. Uh, what's on your what's in your glass on your vacation when you're on vacation? What's in your glass? Vacation vacation. I'm, I'm drinking tequila. I'm probably I'm probably I'm probably drinking tequila on vacation. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna start doing. I'll probably do that most of the time. Is you know drinking that tequila when I'm on vacation. You out you out to dinner at a, at a nice restaurant. Yeah. What's in your glass? Yeah, if I'm out to dinner at a nice restaurant, I'm probably gonna start out with a couple of glasses of wine. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump I'm gonna jump into the red wine and see how I feel with that. Um and depending on how the night go, I may switch it up and go into the tequila space. I've been drinking a lot of tequila lately, you know what I'm saying? Because the way the way it's made with the agave, it's kind of a healthier situation for me. So I've kind of been drinking that a lot. Um but yeah, I start out with some wine and, and move right to the tequila. What's so you 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 celebrate a big win in you know with, with business. Which what's in your glass? Man, we're going champagne. We're gonna pop a bottle. <laughs> we're gonna pop a bottle of champagne. We're gonna we're gonna have a celebratory moment, and you know what I'm saying. And then depending on how the night go from there, we 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 can figure it out. But I, th- I think celebrating something, we gotta pop a bottle of champagne. You okay? One more. You 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 celebrating the the, the first Premier League championship? Yeah, I mean, I was, I was man, listen, I was I was I was on the Hennessy. I'm not gonna lie. After the championship game, I was drinking Hennessy, man. I was on Hennessy all night, <laughs> all night. So Hennessy is in the glass. So yeah. okay. So when 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 do when do start of my wine come in? Start of my wine comes in on a date night. You know, a nice little, okay. a nice little okay. chill vibe. You feel me? Just want to kick back, relax. Okay. Then I open up a bottle, start of my wine. Baby girl, this the this the wine out of California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We do it like good, that. Good soundtrack. Good, good, good soundtrack. Good playlist. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, <laughs> you know, so you know, that, that's that's it. That's it. Indeed, yo, man, stat. I, I thank you for joining me today, man, for a glass. Thanks for the for the start of my for the start of my wines you sent over to. Yes, man. sir. Best of luck with everything you, that you have going on right now with the team, coaching, just figuring out you know different shit that you want to do along the way. Um, you know your farm. I got I, I got to rap to you about the farm too. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, just thank you, man. It is always good to talk to you. You know, somebody that I, I've known for a long time. Somebody that I've known since you know since high school. Right. 
uh, and, and it, it's, it, it's a friendship that has always grown and will continue to grow. Right. Uh, no, no, no matter what. So thank you again, man. Cheers. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, bro. Cheers, you already brother. know what it is. Sure. It's, it's always love. Peace.